time, man. Time is the easiest excuse to give. It, yeah. I mean, and all, like they say, like all the gurus say, and all the, you know, the whatever excuse you have, you're probably right. Um, so True. the time excuse, I used to have it. I eliminated it. And uh, all, all I do is I know time is precious, man. I've I lived my life knowing that any day I could be gone either today or tomorrow. I never know where I'm going to go, when I'm going to go. But I do know that right now I have some time. So, for example, I'm a big believer in my calendar. I live and die by my calendar. If it's not on my calendar, it doesn't get done. I wake up early every single day. You know, I try to get up at 430 in the morning. Sometimes you know, it's, it's a little rough. But I was thinking about this the other day, which is which led me to say, damn, I took a class in jujitsu early in the morning. I closed four deals um, during the day. I recorded a podcast. I talked to the coaches in working for a dream baseball Academy. And then I got on the phone with, um, with Craig down in Nicaragua, though he was traveling so we could discuss some of the things that we uh, were, that we're doing down there. And I also took a mastermind class in my car on the way home. So, <laughs> so basically there is like time is there for you to take advantage of it. Patrick, you're the co-owner of Trailer King Builders, working for a dream baseball academy. You also helped founded Helping Kids Round First and then host of an awesome podcast called Working for a Dream. Thank you so much for your time, man. I appreciate it. Man, I'm so happy to be here. We jammed a few weeks ago on my podcast, and I thanks for having me on yours, brother. Absolutely, man. I, I like to go back with my with my shows, like you know, so people can get to know you a little bit more. Like, where did you grow up? What childhood like for you? So, where did I grow up? I'm originally from Nicaragua. I was born in Nicaragua. Okay. Those of you that don't know what where Nicaragua is, it's in Central America. It's one of the poorest countries in the Western Hemisphere. So, I grew up in a third world country. My family, we're not. I'm not going to say we were rich, but we weren't. Uh, the worst off, right? We weren't dirt poor. Sure. Uh, poverty is uh, in Nicaragua is is adamant. So there's dirt poor people that live in shacks, living on less than a dollar a day. Wow. Um, fortunately for us, I was born into a middle class society, you know, and um, I was around a lot of poverty growing up. And Nicaragua is just a crazy little place to grow up in. Third world country it creates a lot of perspective. With that American flag in the background, I am a naturalized citizen. Come on. I'm damn proud to be a U.S. citizen. And I'm also damn proud to be Nicaraguan. There's a yeah. map right there in the background. Nice. But that perspective, I know what it's like to live in a country that's ran by, by assholes, by sure. real assholes, ran by communist assholes that don't give a shit about life and they, and they steal and, and, you know, and, and they control everybody and they control them by not feeding them and taking and, and taking from people. So I know what it's like to grow up in a country where, where, where it really does suck. Yeah. Versus the U.S. where we have every opportunity to be who we want to be here. So yeah. um, that's a little, I, I, I feel very grateful to have that, um, that perspective because I do see a lot of stuff going on here in the U.S. that yeah, it doesn't really add up to me. Yeah. Oh, for sure, man. There's, there's a hell of a lot of stuff going on right now that doesn't add up to me either, man. Like, when did you come to the U.S. then? So I've been back and forth. My grandmother on my dad's side is American. She's from St. Louis. Gotcha. Okay. Um, my grandfather and on both sides are Nicaraguan. Um, and I came in 19, 
the first time I came to the U.S. was in 1986. Okay. I was, what, six years old, seven years old. The Nicaraguan Revolution ended in 79, but there was still a lot of uh, war stuff going on with the Contras. I don't know if you remember the Iran-Contra affair here in the U.S. Sure. But the Contras were fighting the Sandinistas, so we moved out of, the, of Nicaragua. We actually left. We exiled during the middle of the night, and um, it was all like taking different planes to get to end up in St. Louis, Missouri in 1986. Then in 1992, I moved back to Nicaragua, graduated high school there. And then after graduating high school in Nicaragua, I came back to the U.S., uh, got my degree, went to St. Louis University. I'm a St. Louis kind of native, quote unquote. Yeah. And um, so I've been back and forth for a while. Okay. Okay. Yeah. If you, if you, you had to put a number on it, half here, half there. Gotcha. Okay. Who, who was it that kind of taught you or pushed you towards the entrepreneurship thing? Because you're just killing it in the entrepreneurship game, man. So, I mean, I don't know. Ever since I can remember, I always wanted to be my own boss. Yeah. My family was entrepreneurship at heart. My grandfather, well, he's a doc. He was a doctor. So yeah, he was a self-employed. He sure whatever he wanted. It was right. Doctors on both sides of the family. Um, my dad worked with the family business for a long time until it was taken away from us. Um, it was actually confiscated by the Sandinistas, which um, in the mid eighties, they had some farming stuff, some farms that they ran and, and uh, all that stuff was taken away from our family. Oh my gosh. Um, and I guess growing up, I would see my uncles and my dad in business. And I always wanted to be a business owner. Always, since I can remember, I've been, I could, I was actually the other day, I was looking at a list of businesses that I had tried to start. Yeah. There were about 10 businesses that I started and failed um, trying to get out of the rat race. Sure. So I, I guess I never, I wasn't taught to me. I just saw it and I've always had something inside that said, Hey, you need to do more. You need to do more. Um, but I was employed for a long time. I was a nine to five corporate corporate guy. Grew up um, going to school, thinking that that was what I was supposed to do. Sure. At the same time, I was like thinking, "Holy shit, man! There's something. There's more out there. I should yep. do more. Maybe like so. I would try to create these side hustles that never worked. Um, and then over time, I just got comfortable in my in my nine to five gig, brother. Mm. Until I got let go. Right. I mean, and I work a nine to five, but it's, I I definitely, that's not my goal. It's not my passion, right? Like I'm on my way out. Like that's, that's what I'm fighting for is to get that self-employment, podcasting, speaking, content creation. I do voiceover stuff like that. Right. And uh, blessed that I have a nine to five that, that knows that I do podcasting that says, Hey, you can do a podcast like, you know, one or twice a day, you know, during the day, it's pretty chill job, but um, I think I got into that comfortable thing. And over the years, I've tried and started and quit, started and quit many different businesses. And I think I'm on the right track for the last couple of years with doing podcasting. I've got some good stuff rolling out this year. But you being the owner of Trailer King Builders, where you work with entrepreneurs who really want to, you know, get that food truck or concession, concession stand, you know, trailer going. You even did some dancing in the last ad. I saw that you guys targeted with me. Oh, that's awesome. Like, how did that business come together? And I'm curious if you saw an increase during this whole COVID shutdown. So that's a great question, right? It's really fun what we do. It's you nailed the you nailed it on the head because we help people fulfill their dreams. Everybody yeah. that walks through our door comes in with a dream of owning a food truck. For me, that's that's a job that I would love to come to every single day because yeah. we're helping entrepreneurs start, grow, or expand their businesses, right? 
Um, how it started, it started out of necessity because I got let go in 2017 as a CFO of a restaurant, of a restaurant group. Um, and it was 2017, one week before Christmas, I got fired. And I had three weeks of cash flow left, family of five. I could still remember having to borrow money to go see my sister for Christmas that year. I was literally broke, like broke financially, broke spiritually, broke everywhere. I was broke, dude. I was overweight. I wasn't living to my fullest potential. It was completely obvious. You could tell in my whole physique, you could tell from the outside that I was rotted on the inside. Mm. And um, that changed after they, after I was let go and I put my family in that position of, um, I pretty much failed them, right? Because one, we didn't have any money. We didn't have any money. I didn't have money for rent. I didn't know where we we're going to get money for food. So I either, I mean, what happened was you either start taking action or, or you keep digging that hole that you're in. Yep. And the first thing I did, so anybody that's out there that is listening and is going through something like this, especially right now through COVID, first thing I did was to find something to sustain my family. Like I need to go out there, make some money, bring in some cash every week so that I can pay the bills, so that I can pay for food. And the first, that's the first thing I did. I found a catering gig on the weekends. Mm paid cash. I applied for unemployment. So I was, I was getting like 650 to $700 a week between working cash gigs and unemployment. And I did that for 12 weeks after 12 weeks, unemployment was no longer existent, but I got an opportunity to start selling food trucks for another company. They gave me an opportunity. They said, Hey, if you sell a food truck, we'll pay you a thousand dollars for every food truck you sell. Me two days to sell the first truck took me two days to sell the first truck. And then we saw an opportunity in the marketplace. The marketplace is the food truck industry has a ton of builders, thousands of builders. They're all over the U S but they don't all do what they say they're going to do. And so just the extra customer service in this industry goes a long way. And so we decided to start doing it ourselves. And we went one at a time, one trailer at a time, one truck at a time. And we've been growing ever since. Your question, you asked about COVID. Yeah. It's, it's through gas on the fire that was already burning. <laughs> and it's it completely like we're obliterating records every single month because everybody wants to own a concession trailer or food truck. Sure. Now, I'm curious, did you have any like experience in building trailers before? Or you just did the sales thing and then kind of brought in the team to, to do that? I had zero experience in in, in food truck industries. None. Like Come I had no on. idea how it worked. I had no idea how to, I don't know anything about plumbing or electrical stuff or, yeah. or a 50 amp plug or how, uh, how are you going to run gas lines underneath the trailer? I had no idea. Obviously we had to learn, you know, yeah. I was in charge of purchasing at the beginning. So, so we put a team together. It was me, my business partner, and, um, he was in charge of building aspect. I was in charge of sales. And, but while he's building, he needs somebody to go out and get materials for him. Right. Sure. And so it's hilarious. Cause then I, that would be me. I would go out to Home Depot and they'd give me a long list of stuff, right? But they wouldn't put the actual name of the piece that you need that, that you can find at Home Depot. They would put whatever they thought the name was, right? <laughs> yeah. I would spend four hours at Home Depot, bro. Oh, man. <laughs> spend four hours at Home Depot looking for materials. I'm like, dude, I can't do this anymore. Yeah. You, know, you guys need to come out here and tell me exactly what piece it is, what bin it's under. And we've been getting better ever since. And it's been, it's been a fun ride. It hasn't been easy. Yeah. We, where we don't know where we were going to come up with our payroll, right? We didn't pay ourselves. We paid everybody else first. 
So it's been a it's been a roller coaster ride, and uh, thankfully we're in a good place now, and we are going to continue to grow. Come on, man. Now, one of the things you do, like I grew up playing baseball, huge fan of baseball. I coach little league. I seem to get the the bad news bears team every year, which is always a fun season when I'm coaching, but you know, I love that you're the founder of this working for a dream baseball Academy and you help underprivileged kids. I think that's really amazing. For those who don't know about this, what's this thing all about, man? Working for a dream. So working for a dream is one. It's, it's the motto that I live by. Yeah. My motto is, everybody's always working on a dream somehow. So you're working for a dream and it's a never ending pursuit. You do it every day. It's you'll never achieve it. You'll never get to where you want to go. Cause there's always more to do than, than what you set yourself out to do. Right. So it's like a never ending pursuit. It's well, how I live and it's my motto. So um, working for a dream baseball Academy is an Academy that we, that I co-own in Nicaragua. We help underprivileged kids get an opportunity to sign contracts with major league baseball in the international baseball market as soon as you're 16 you get to sign with major league baseball it's different here in the u.s you have to go through high school you have to get drafted um and i think you have to be 18 or something like that i don't know i don't i don't know exactly how it is here but i know internationally you can sign as young as 16 wow they 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 pick these players right like in nicaragua or colombia or venezuela they pick it they pick out and then they send them to their to their developmental leagues in Dominican Republic. Every team in the U.S. has an academy developmental uh, facility in Dominican Republic. And that's where they develop all these kids as young as 16 years old. Wow. And so we give them an opportunity to do so. We've signed a few kids, you know, signing bonuses of $50,000, $100,000. And we're talking about kids that live on less than a dollar a day, you know? So we're changing lives, man. And it's, uh, it's really fun. I, I basically, what I do is provide economic, economical, uh, I basically provide money for them so that we can buy materials so that we can feed them so that we can train them so that we can pay the coaches. Everything that the, the, the Academy makes goes back to the Academy to keep tr- turning that, that, uh, that wheel for them. Come on, man. Yeah, absolutely. It's awesome. And then you've got an odd profit as well called helping kids round first, which supplies the equipment for kids. And it sounds like you guys do like solar power and farming and like all kinds all of kinds stuff, of, man. Like, all kinds of stuff in Nicaragua. Basically, not the helping kids uh, round first is a nonprofit. Yeah. Which was actually founded by a good friend of mine here in the U S he's from uh, South Dakota. Okay. Uh, he's uh, he's in his mid sixties. Um, we're really good friends. And I was Googling in 2017, but around the time that I got let go, I was Googling how to help the kids in Nicaragua. You know, I wanted to do something uh, to give back to the country that saw me born. Yeah. And um, I wanted to do it through baseball. Baseball has been a passion of mine since I, since I was a little kid. Baseball is Nicaragua's pastime, just like the U.S. Mm. I wanted to be a major league baseball player growing up. And so I wanted to do more in that realm uh, as I got I got older. I just one day woke up and you know what? I want to do something that I've been passionate about. So I reached out to them. I've been helping them ever since. I'm, I sit on their board. We take trips to Nicaragua to distribute used baseball equipment. We provide farming uh, equipment. We provide meals in Nicaragua, medical supplies. And so basically all we do is provide, provide things that the country needs to be able to help uh, all the different um, rural communities in, in Nicaragua. 
um, the founder is actually down there right now distributing um, some medical supplies. He's visiting some communities, seeing where they need um, more and how more we can help. We work with different churches, Catholic church um, uh, around the country, and we just, you know, help where we can. Yeah, man, that's amazing, dude. I think not only like are you changing lives with your other the baseball academy, but then you've got this going on, man. Such a huge impact down there. And a lot of people talk about like not having enough time to fight for their dreams, to fight for their passion, man, and their goals. You co-founded two businesses. You run a nonprofit. You host an awesome podcast. We all have 24 hours in the day. Like how, how do you make it happen? And then what do you say to people who are like, well, I don't have enough time to do that? Well, I think I wrote a post about this the other day. <laughs> <laughs> time, man. Time is the easiest excuse to give. It, yeah. And all, like they say, like all the gurus say and all the, you know, the whatever excuse you have, you're probably right. Um, so True. the time excuse, I used to have it. I eliminated it. And uh, all, all I do is I know time is precious, man. I've I lived my life knowing that any day I could be gone either today or tomorrow. I never know where I'm going to go, when I'm going to go. But I do know that right now I have some time. So for example, I'm a big believer in my calendar. I live and die by my calendar. If it's not on my calendar, it doesn't get done. I wake up early every single day. You know, I try to get up at 4.30 in the morning. Sometimes, you know, it's, it's a little rough. But I was thinking about this the other day, which, is, which led me to say, damn, I took a class in jujitsu early in the morning. I closed four deals um, during the day. I recorded a podcast. I talked to the coaches in working for a dream baseball Academy. And then I got on the phone with, um, with Craig down in Nicaragua, though he was traveling. So we could discuss some of the things that we, uh, were, that we're doing down there. And I also took a mastermind class in my car on the way home. So, <laughs> so basically there is like time is there for you to uh, take advantage of it. If yeah. You decide to wake up late and that's on you, man. You could have worked out at six o'clock in the morning, five o'clock in the morning. So don't tell me you don't have time because there is time to do whatever it is that you set out to do and you prioritize it. That's basically it. Yep. Absolutely, man. That's me getting up 4 a.m. six days a week, man. And I don't set an alarm on Sunday, but I'm usually up by 4.30 or 5. And, you know, six days a week, I got to get up. I fight for my passion. I do edit shows and, you know, reach out to guests and get that stuff prompt and ready to go. And then, unfortunately, I kick over to the other computer at 8 to 5. But then at 5 o'clock, it's family time, man. I kind of shut everything down and that's – that window in the morning is my time away from my family. Well, like away from my family so I can get my stuff focused done. And then I don't have to worry about it after five. Right. You know, Man, I love every morning I listen to motivational videos. I don't know if you've seen the video of Kobe Bryant, but I think he's doing an interview and he's talking about how he practices where he gets up at three o'clock in the morning and he put, goes in and he, and he gets in a, and he gets in a, a workout and then he gets in <clears throat> and then at 9 a.m., 11 a.m., he's getting in another workout and then another workout at 2 o'clock, 3 o'clock in the afternoon, and then another workout in like at 6 o'clock. So the guy's saying, hey, I got four workouts in in a day where the rest of the league is getting in maybe one, maybe two workouts in. Right. And do that, multiply that over 10 years. You don't think I'm going to be better than everybody else in the league mm -hmm. when I get up at 2, 3 o'clock in the morning and put in six workouts a day versus two? Right. It multiplies over time. And so that's another reason I do it. That's because I know when I get up, there's not a lot of people up, man. My competitors are probably sleeping. Yep. Oh, for sure. Yeah. So, 
Yep. I get up, I, if I look outside the window, I'm like, what the heck is that crazy guy doing up at four o'clock in the morning, right? You know, like I'm sitting in my office getting my stuff done. But you know, it's that's the same, man. Like, I don't think there's that many people out there uh, besides like people that you and I know mm-hmm. that wake up at four o'clock in the morning to do their podcast or to, to work on their business, man. There's just not a lot of people that are excelling that are doing that. There's these people that are getting up and they're lazy and you know, they take the, their time in the morning. Some people are night people, I get that, right? But like for me personally, I like the mornings, man. Me too, me too. So, One thing, because you, I remember when we first were going to um, book a podcast, you said, hey, bro, if you want to do it at 5 o'clock in the morning, I'm down. Yeah. And I said, absolutely, let's do it. Yeah, yeah. And then I think I missed it. <laughs> I think I, I don't we remember. Had to reschedule. That's right. We had to reschedule. <laughs> All good, that's, that's awesome, man. Uh, I mean, speaking of your podcast, so Working for a Dream, you know, I've I had the honor of joining you on your show. Who is for for yours, like who's the target audience for your show and what's the motivation behind starting that man? So when I, when I first thought about doing the podcast, um, I started thinking what helped me break through my limiting beliefs. Yeah. And it was Andy's MFCEO project, right? That was the first thing that the first podcast that I listened to, I think ever. And it was the catalyst to start making changes in my life. And so I wanted to create a podcast where, where I share people's stories, people like yourself that are doing things, um, doing amazing things in life to help anybody that feels stuck and to break through um, their limiting beliefs. And so basically it's just sharing stories, man. I want to share stories of people doing awesome shit. Yeah. Today I recorded a podcast with one of our customers. So I bought um, podcast recording stuff here and we have a little, I have a little room recording studio in my office now i'm going to do is share the stories of every customer that has decided to invest in a food truck because i want to share their story of okay so how how did you get there because yeah investing in a food truck is not is not an easy feat we're talking fifty thousand dollars it's it requires work ahead of time and i think it's it's stories that are that are that i'm that need to be shared so that's Mm -hmm. why that podcast exists and it's to share stories of people doing awesome stuff. I love it, man. It's such a great show, dude. People need to be going and listen to this, man. Where's the best place for folks to be able to, you know, stand with you and, and support your nonprofit and listen to your shows. And do you, do you have a preference on social media where people can connect with you and follow you on? So I'm always on Instagram. You'll find me on either my personal one, Patrick Bolanos, HTX or at Trailer King Builders for our food truck business. Then helpingkidsroundfirst.org if you want to donate. Um, Helping Kids Round First on social media, just the name. And um, that's where you can find most of my stuff, Instagram. And I'm on Facebook as well. Yeah, awesome, man. I wanted to transition to a few fun questions before we end here, since you and I love baseball so much. Do you have a favorite baseball player? Do I have a favorite baseball player? So I got to say, I love Albert Pujols, bro. He brought two championships to St. Louis, yeah. 2011 and 2006. Funny story. Uh, I'm a huge baseball guy, dude. Like I can yeah. watch baseball all day. Totally. It's, it's passion. Like I can, um, I, I don't watch as much lately, but in 2006, when the Cardinals won the World Series, game one, um, a Japanese player named Sotoguchi came up and hit a home run. I think it was a top of the ninth inning in game one of the of the NLCS or the World Series. I can't remember. Anyways, I jumped up out of excitement and I broke my ankle on the way down. Um, oh 
So baseball for me, dude, it's the kind of, you know, especially the Cardinals, they, they just bring it out. Like I'm yeah. a huge Cardinal fan, uh, one of the best organizations in baseball and um, Albert Pujols, brother. Come on. Uh, last question for you, though. I'm a music guy, so I love to ask the question, like, do you have a favorite band or do you, what type of music do you like to listen to? I like to listen to any and all type of music. Okay. Growing up, my dad was a big influence on us, so I did like all the 70s, Pink Floyd, The Doors, nice. all that type of music. Dave Matthews Band is, is one of my favorite bands. Yeah. Up when I was in school, so Dave Matthews, every time I need like just to chill, Dave Matthews is my go-to. Nice. Yeah. I saw Dave Matthews three nights in a row at the Gorge Amphitheater out in Seattle or out in George, Washington. And a uh, really cool show, man. I, my buddy was the manager of the, the venue. So I got to like go to free concerts all summer long. And so I just camped out there and three nights in a row of Dave Matthews. It was pretty rad, man. Exactly. They're a great show. They're a great yeah. show. Music. Yeah, for sure, man. Uh, Patrick, this was such a great conversation. Great show, man. You're an absolute world changer, dude. I love what you're doing with your show, with your uh, with your two businesses, and then your nonprofit, man. Absolutely changing lives, man. Keep doing what you're doing. Such an honor to have you on, man. Thank you so much. Appreciate you, brother. Hey, what's going on? Yeah. Thank you so much for watching the show. I really appreciate it. Hey, I just wanted to do a quick introduction. If you've not seen my show or you don't know the services that I offer, I wanted to drop them to you right now. One, I do voiceover work. So if you're looking for a voiceover person to cover your motivational videos or maybe it's Kickstarter videos or whatever it is, let me know. I'm more than happy to help you out there. I also work with brands on brand and product videos. So they'll send me their products to do reviews or box openings. Let me know. I'd love to work with you on your product as well and hope you get that product out there. I also love to be able to share my story. So if I can make an impact on one person at your next speaking engagement, let me know. I love to talk about my story. I love to talk about how our past does not define our future and morning routines and being consistent, how to be around those successful people that are just going to lift you up. Let's chat about having me speak at your next event. And let's make it happen. Again, thank you so much for checking out this show. Check out ericgallonmedia.com. Really appreciate your time. Have an awesome day.